What's up guys, Rishi here. Welcome to the podcast. Today our guest is Cedric Pauly, a front-end developer and a mentor at CodeMentor.io. In this short podcast, we compare software development requirements of banks and tech firms. We compare native and web applications. We compare Angular, Vue and React. And finally, we look at some ECMAScript standards. What's the difference between working for a bank and working for a tech consulting firm? Because I see you worked for both. Yeah, I did almost a year at the bank and then like over two years in a tech consulting firm. So I would say deadlines, clients and intensity are very different. When I work for a bank, we had like weekly deadlines. The intensity was pretty constant. Again, weekly deadlines was pretty regular. I also had internal clients. So they were colleagues from other departments. Then when I worked for, for a dev firm, the deadlines were really different. It was mainly about sprints. So at least 10 days plus for a deadline generally. And the intensity would slowly rise. You know, when you're at university, you just start your, your project, you're not really serious about it. And then the deadline comes and things get really serious at that point. Well, it's the same kind of progression, I would say, when you're working on a coding project. And then, yeah, the clients are directly external clients. If you deal with them, you might deal directly with the product owner. That's a different kind of stress, I would say. I had internship at both at a bank as well as a tech firm. So in my experience, as you said, banks would look more for internal applications, whereas tech firms would aim for something that is both internal and also external. Even when designing the applications, they would have a different type of accounts and admin accounts, a user account, an external user account. For a bank, I think more often it would be simpler to create an app because they would only have one type of client. Yep, I agree. Right, so on the next question now, the line between native and web is blurring. Do you agree on that? The native and the web are kind of joining together now. Yeah, definitely, and on different levels. You have native apps that are doing an amazing job, no questions asked, they were there for for years. That being said, we have the web now, which is catching up. We have better phones, we have better browsers, and most importantly, most of the apps we use nowadays are not doing much with the, the, all those fancy APIs. We don't use all the, those cool APIs we, we see at conferences. Most of the apps are pretty basic, input, output. So that's why we we see um some web apps that are doing really well and some companies shifting from native to web apps because they do as well as the native apps and they cost less to develop to maintain and to deploy so that's the first part the second thing i would like to say is that the crazy thing now is web apps get installable on your device so you start with a link in your browser, you start using this web app in your browser still, and then you get prompted to install that app 
on your device and next time you just go to your app drawer or your home screen and you see this app icon that you just visited before now it's an app you can see the info about it you can uninstall it just like native apps and most of them just perform like native apps this is part of what we call the web apk and it's really where lines the line is getting blurry nowadays it's really interesting for companies to investigate that route instead of having two teams let's say one android specialized team and one ios specialized team and then another web team to develop the website or the web version of the application you can have just one team developing the app or the web and just making sure it works well on mobile and on desktop that's much cheaper and we have many examples of that where it was more successful and again cheaper myself i tried various tools to develop applications that are mostly both native and web before i was using android studio when i was only doing native and that was good but it was limited to the platform because you only had android there now what i use is ionic ionic works very well with angular angular 4 angular 5 even right now what it does it allows you to write your basic javascript code and even typescript code to develop applications that run on various platforms including windows ios android and of course web and we are starting to see this trend apply everywhere even the new programming language kotlin for android studio is now available in kotlin.js so it is even available in a web format and now we have google which recently did instant apps these are application which you do not have to completely download they would start to run and then you only download the part which you are using this is something that's advancing very fast you mentioned um instant apps it's interesting how to look at both uh, platforms and see them take inspiration from each other from the web they're targeting web apks now where it's installable on the device and then with instant apps they are doing a similar thing as we do on the web with um, lazy loading where you load only the part of the app you want now they do that with um, instant apps front end framework we have view and angular versus front end libraries we we have uh, react.js which is the most popular now which one to use and when i guess everyone knows the at least the beginning of the answer is as always it depends it would depend on your your team what they are familiar with or what they are comfortable learning next then it will depend on the time you're willing to to invest if you have like 2 free months then forget about angular really don't bother there's a lot to learn to become productive angular developer if you invest that time you want to work with it on maybe multiple projects or for a longer project at least if you have 
mainly beginners in your team, I would say rather go with Vue.js instead of um, React. I think there are some concepts that are more affordable in, in Vue.js. And yeah, that's the global view about those frameworks and, and the approach. And if we talk about them individually, you have Angular again, which is a full-fledged framework. You have everything there. If you want to build a single application, you have the component, obviously, you have the routing, the services, a really good architecture to build your app. You just stay within. You don't need to install anything more. You, you can get a good app there. But it will require you time to become productive with Angular. One big advantage though is for big projects specifically. Again, this uh, big structure makes the, the project quite solid from start. You don't need that much knowledge in terms of architecture to get started with a big project. Then you have React, the very famous one, especially in America, I would say. But it's about building components, period. It's really about functions. Every component is a function. It's a simple concept, really efficient. But then when you want a single page application, you have to cater for the routing and other aspects. And for each aspect you want to cater for, you need to get a plugin or some libraries from the community. Facebook is the maintainer of React.js, but they don't provide anything else but the React.js file, basically. Then you have Vue.js, which is really interesting. They call themselves the progressive framework. The file Vue.js itself is basically just about managing your, your view, just an instance of, of the view. And then you have other components, other plugins, I should say, that you can add to your project to provide, let's say, routing or state management. The difference with React is that the core Vue.js team provides and maintains those plugins. So you have a cohesive ecosystem that you can safely use to build your web app, your single page app, more confidently. So you can start just targeting the view, and then you want some routing, you go for the view router, and you know it will work like a charm. There's a lot of stuff integrated there. Then your app gets bigger. It's hard to pass the state from components to components, and you need some external state management tool. Well, you have UX, which integrates well with the reactivity system of Vue itself, rather than using Redux and do some work around to make it work. UX really straightforward to work with you. Angular could be even seen as a, as a platform, they like to say. My experience with Angular mostly, so what I found easy with Angular is that it has its own marketplace, especially with Ionic. When you're creating mobile apps, you have a lot of templates available for Angular. And then what it also provides you is integration with other existing apps. For example, Microsoft has its own integration 
with Angular using ASP.NET Core. This is something which I've been using often because I use ASP.NET and C Sharp a lot. At the same time, it's worth mentioning that Microsoft is also maintaining Angular. At this point, I think it's Angular 6. On the view side, I found in Rochelle especially that most PHP developers are using Vue.js because I think it works very well with PHP and its frameworks as well. For React, React is something which works very well with most languages because it is not a framework, it is a library. So it is very customizable. You can have a simple web app and then you just integrate a React with it and make it a bit better. Whereas when you are trying to do it with Angular, you would have to change the whole structure of your existing app. So those frameworks such as Angular, even I think even Vue, would not be easy to integrate to existing apps compared to something like React. But at the same time, it is question on what are you trying to create? Well, to be honest, Vue.js could be as simple to integrate as, as React if you just use the file and have some Vue instances. Vue instances. Angular, it's right that Angular needs like the whole page for itself and doesn't like to share. You have to to be aware of that before doing your, your decision on on the tech. And something I would like to mention with techs like um, Ionic is they have templates, as you said. They help you do certain things faster because components are pre-built, etc. But do know what your requirements are at first before going for Ionic because if you want to get outside of what they have prepared for you, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tougher than just developing everything from scratch or without Ionic, I should say. This is, I think, uh, often the case with templates. As I found in the past, uh, it's uh, sometimes better to not use templates when you're creating an app, especially when your requirements are very specific. Does Zerk script standard make programming easier for you? And if yes, how? If we talk about ECMAScript, we must know that ECMAScript was there like years ago. And I think you're mentioning um, ES2015, ES6 and, and above, right? Yes. Well, part of it, yes, makes the code first easier to read, given that you yourself took the time to learn about the new bits and pieces of the, the new syntax, then the, the code also becomes more declarative and expressive. I have two examples in mind. If you know about the spread operator, when you deal, you're dealing with arrays, you can, instead of concatenating arrays using array.concat, you can create a new array with the literal syntax, you just use um, dot dot dot, the name of your array, which means that it will spread all the elements of your array into this new array, and then you want to add some more elements to that array, 
even either before or after the, the spread, you can place elements everywhere you want into that new array. That makes the code more declarative and expressive in the sense that you visually see what you intend in your result. So the, the other developers will see your intent directly. And then there is another feature of ES6 still, I believe. Array and object destructuring. This one is harder to explain just by talking, but the idea is that you have a big object, like let's say you have 10 properties in there, you just need three properties from it. You can do something like const or let or var as you wish, open and close your curly braces, and inside those curly braces you just place the name of the properties you need and you have three variables you have extracted them and instead of doing the whole let's say you want the name object.name you want the address object.address and go there for like 10 lines there it's with object destructuring it's cleaner and again more expressive i've been using the keyword let a lot it helped me a lot because uh, before i was having scope issues you mm -hmm. you didn't know in javascript where exactly your scope was when referring to to a variable especially when you had loops and all but now with this let keyword you can really know where your variable value is yeah it makes you more comfortable especially if you come from another more like let's say more classic language such as java c sharp c sharp yes the, it's easier to predict the, the scope of the variables. That being said, with let and especially const, we have to be careful. Const is about variables, not about values. What it means is you can assign an object. You do const my object and you give it whatever you want. Don't yes. expect your object to be immutable. You can still do, you have object.name, which is Rishi. I can do object.name equals Cedric and everything has changed. The value has changed and you wouldn't understand why. Const is for variable assignment. So you cannot assign a new variable, a new value to it, but you can change the value itself. The properties of the object itself. We have to be careful about that. You can change the value itself. You can change an object. You can change an array. You cannot change an integer, for example, because it is a, a primitive. When you do, let's say you have var minum equals one, you assign it the, the value of one and the variable points to one. If you change it to two, you're reassigning that that's why it doesn't work yes. with const. But with objects, you can change parts of the objects. Same for arrays. Now, this is also the last question. What is your favorite technology slash programming website? There are so many of them. I have a small list with me. Uh, if you're doing web development, especially front-end, definitely check out mdm.com. That's like the reference for all the APIs you, you want to check. 
you can have a look at CSS tricks. There's more than just CSS there. Pretty neat. And you have some platforms like frontendmasters, udemy.com, skillshare.com, where you have courses about front-end development, web development. Then you have the YouTube channels. I don't know if you heard about Coding Tech. Yes, it's very good for listening to conferences from various technologies. Exactly. You have Coding Tech, um, Google Developers, which is nice as well. Design Course. Well, the name is more like Corsetro now, but I think many people know about it as well. Yeah, and then there's Academine. They have their YouTube channel. They also have um, a website and everything. They are really good as well. Talking about YouTube, you also have a YouTube channel, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting started. I promise I'll post more videos yeah. soon. What is your YouTube channel name? We can have a shout out. Yeah, it's Setpoily. Um, Setpoily on YouTube. Like my nickname everywhere. I guess we can add a link in the description now. Yes, yes. Okay, so Cedric. You have a YouTube channel, right? Yes, this would be on this YouTube itself. <laughs> okay, thank you, Cedric. My pleasure. This video is brought to you by Namecheap. Namecheap offers affordable domains, SSL certificates, and web hosting at a cheap price. Check them out in the link in the description.